This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Vladimir Putin said that Russia was not blocking Ukrainian wheat from being exported and that the grain could be shipped out via ports controlled by either Russia or Ukraine. The Russian president made the claim after meeting Macky Sall, the head of the African Union. The United Nations has warned that Africa is on the brink of famine because of Russia's war. Before the invasion, Russia and Ukraine together accounted for 29% of the international annual wheat sales. Germany's Bundestag approved a special defense fund worth 100 billion euro, equivalent to 110 billion U.S. dollars, to modernize its army, an initiative prompted by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Creating the fund required a constitutional amendment, and thus a two-thirds majority in parliament, to sidestep ordinary borrowing limits. The money should boost German defense spending from around 1.5% of GDP to the NATO standard of at least 2%. Authorities in Hong Kong closed Victoria Park for fear people might gather to commemorate the anniversary of the massacre around Tiananmen Square. Until 2019, Hong Kong was the only place in China allowed publicly to remember the thousands killed by Chinese troops during pro-democracy demonstrations in 1989. Such events are now banned under its national security law. Memorials are planned in many cities outside China. American prosecutors charged Peter Navarro, a former advisor to ex-President Donald Trump, with contempt of Congress for failing to comply with its probe of the Capitol riot. Mr. Navarro refused to testify before congressional investigators about the attack of January 6, 2021, claiming his communications with Mr. Trump were covered by executive privilege. The charges against Mr. Navarro carry maximum penalties of a year in prison and a $100,000 fine. David McCormick, a former hedge fund executive, conceded to Mehmet Oz in the Republican Senate primary election in Pennsylvania. Just a few hundred ballots had separated the two candidates, forcing a recount after the vote on May 17th. Dr. Oz, a celebrity television doctor, was endorsed by Mr. Trump. He will face John Fetterman, the state's Democratic lieutenant governor, in the general election in November. The American economy added 390,000 jobs in May, the fewest for 13 months, but more than economists had expected. The unemployment rate remained at 3.6%. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reported, quote, notable job gains, unquote, in leisure and hospitality, a sector in which employers have been short of staff as the economy has recovered from the COVID-19 pandemic. Estonia's prime minister removed the junior coalition partner from her government. Kaya Kallas, who leads the center-right reform party, said that, quote, the security situation in Europe, unquote, made it impossible to work with the center-left center party, which used to have formal links to Vladimir Putin's party in neighboring Russia. She accused it of, quote, actively working against Estonia's core values. Ms. Kallis's party has enjoyed a surge in popularity since the outbreak of war in Ukraine. And word of the week. Ecopont, wildlife bridges in French. France is building overpasses for animals to reduce roadkill and help them roam more freely. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. 
The Shape of America's Coming Recession America will be lucky to avoid a recession in the next couple of years. As the Federal Reserve aggressively raises interest rates to contain inflation, downward pressure on growth will be intense. No two recessions are alike. America's most recent two, the global financial crisis of 2007 to 2009 and the shuddering start to the COVID-19 pandemic, were bruising. There is reason for cautious optimism that a coming recession will be milder. Households have ample savings, partly thanks to stimulus payments during the pandemic. An ultra-tight labor market may cushion people from unemployment. Many companies also have insulation after locking in lower borrowing costs. Banks, meanwhile, have better buffers, making them safer than 15 years ago. Instead, the concern is over how policymakers respond. After battling high inflation, there may be little appetite in Washington for a big fiscal or monetary push to revive growth. The stars are aligned for a shallow recession, but a tepid recovery. Is Big Tech's red-hot job market cooling off? Quote, Can I keep the monitor and mouse? A fired tech worker recently asked on Blind, an anonymous social media platform where techies go to compare notes on employers. As America's technology giants contend with a looming recession and sliding share prices, many in the industry worry that the sizzling market for tech jobs is cooling. This year, listed tech firms worth a combined $3.4 trillion have announced hiring freezes or firings. The commotion comes after a prolonged boom in the sector. So far, redundancies, rather than just hiring freezes, have been largely confined to startups and newly listed firms. Sackings at established tech companies have been modest. Demand for the most prized skills, such as understanding of advanced data science, is so high that people who possess them will be sought out even in a downturn. That will not stop the anxiety level on blind from staying elevated for a while. Morgan Returns If the West Wing set the standard for television series about American politics, the Danish series Borgen did so for European parliamentary democracies. Fans of the plucky Prime Minister Brigitte Nyborg were bereft when the third season ended in 2013. Now she is back. On Thursday, the fourth season began on Netflix, after airing earlier in Denmark. As in the real Europe, much has changed. Scheming male politicians have ceded to scheming female ones. Center-left leaders like Ms. Nyborg clash with younger, woker colleagues. Social media has spawned a new generation of spin doctors. The main plot, featuring an oil discovery off Greenland, pits environmentalism against indigenous rights and pulls in Russia, America, and China. Many saw in the early series of Borgen a complex portrait of a country exemplifying the ideals of social democracy. In the new series, those ideals are a bit harder to find. Weekend Profile Chesa Boudin San Francisco's prosecutor who dislikes prosecuting The job of district attorney in San Francisco can vault people to high places. It used to be held by Kamala Harris, America's vice president. However, if Chesa Boudin, San Francisco's current DA, is going anywhere, it is back onto the job market. On June 7th, voters will decide whether to recall him from office. San Franciscans blame him for a spike in homicides. 
They say he has failed to rein in open-air drug dealing and clean up homeless encampments. Mr. Boudin surely has the most unusual background of any DA in America. His parents were members of the Weather Underground, a leftist group, and were both convicted for their role in an armed robbery that left two police officers and a security guard dead. They were the unarmed getaway drivers. Mr. Boudin was raised by the group's leaders, making frequent visits to prison to see his parents, and developing an intimate knowledge of the criminal justice system. After graduating from college, he went to Venezuela and worked as a translator for Hugo Chavez, the country's autocratic left-wing president, and co-wrote a book about the Bolivarian Revolution. One of Mr. Bodin's articles from the time argued the world should congratulate Mr. Chavez for abolishing term limits. He went on to study at Oxford as a Rhodes Scholar, attended Yale Law School, and became a public defender. When campaigning to become San Francisco's DA in 2019, he promised to eliminate cash bail and lock up fewer people. But many in the city now feel his policies have let miscreants operate without consequence. Murders and burglaries are up. In 2021, his office secured just three convictions for drug dealing, compared with 90 by his predecessor in 2018. Mr. Boudin says the recall campaign against him is politically motivated and funded by Republicans. Yet people of all backgrounds are irked by the city's deterioration under his watch. Whether or not Mr. Boudin is able to hold on to his job, polls suggest his removal is likely, his call to treat criminals and ex-convicts more humanely has changed lives. That includes his father's. Mr. Boudin sought clemency for his dad, who was locked up in New York and publicly made his case to Andrew Cuomo, then the state's governor. Last year, Mr. Boudin's father was pardoned after serving 40 years of a 75-year sentence. The winners of this week's quiz. Thank you to everyone who took part in this week's quiz. The winners, chosen at random from each continent, were Asia, Jin Hong Park, Suwon, North Korea. North America, Melissa Markham, Austin, United States. Central and South America, George Power Porto, Lima, Peru. Europe, Patrice Bailey, Aix-en-Provence, France. Africa, Elisa Green, Choma, Zambia. Oceania, Alison Morris, Sydney, Australia. They all gave the correct answers of Gareth Bale, Key West, Buster Keaton, Valdisari, and Rosemary Clooney. The theme is actors who played Batman, Christian Bale, Adam West, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, and George Clooney. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Arna Bontemps, who died on this day in 1973. Let us keep the dance of rain our fathers kept, and tread our dreams beneath the jungle sky. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening. <laughs>